Hi, this is Pastor Brittany Isaac from Urban Village Church, Chicago. We are a church that is bold, inclusive, and relevant. I know that many of you out there are hungry for a gospel message of healing and wholeness, a message that leads to a life transformed by Christ. I hope that this podcast does just that. And if it does, would you please consider making a financial gift that will support this gospel-inclusive ministry? You can do that by going to urbanvillagechurch.org forward slash give. Thanks so much and have a blessed day. Today's scripture will be in Psalms 139, Thanksgiving and Praise. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods I sing pray your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me. You increased my strength of soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, they, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high and he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you perceive me against the wrath. You preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. You stretch out my, your hand and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. That was a beautiful reading of the Psalms. Can we give thanks for that this morning? Just a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, good morning, Urban Village Church. My name is Taylor. I'm one of the student pastors here this year, so I'm a seminary student at Garrett Evangelical up in Evanston. Um, second year student, but I just moved to Chicago, so everything is new. Tyler was saying he's having his six-month anniversary. I think I'm at about two. Um, so thank you all for your hospitality, your welcome, and the adventure of sharing this journey with you. Um, this morning, we're starting a new sermon series talking about one of our core values, which we talked about at the beginning, which is boldness. And boldness, according to some dictionaries and amalgamations, can involve things like risk-taking, like being intrepid, daring, brave, or courageous. And if you're anything like me, sometimes it feels like a stretch to use some of those words to describe yourself. And I think part of where that comes from for me is being immersed in this constant news cycle of reasons to be afraid. Um, whether you're watching cable news, which I don't recommend because it just makes you afraid, or you're on social media, which I also would advise with caution, um, or you're just walking down the street and you see like advertisements for things and all these things like, oh man, I didn't even know that I needed bananas, right? Like, have you seen the trains that have bananas on them? Yes? Yeah, I saw one of those last night and I was like, oh, I forgot about bananas. I need to go get bananas. Um, I know what I'm doing after church, but 
anyways, um, so in the midst of all these messages coming from a million different directions, right, that we're somehow not enough, that we're somehow deficient, that we need to buy something to supplement ourselves, um, we're called to be bold, which, according to the Urban Village Church website, which is one of our official, uh, official documents, I think, um, which means that we're rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that, we find this process of tearing down walls and building up life. We collect this authentic joy in gathering to worship God, which, let's just step back for a second. I've had so much joy in this room this morning from our praise team. Uh, yeah, 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 yes, please. Um, <laughs> from getting to hear so many different instruments come together and just make the most joyful of noises, um, from getting to hear from Jalen this morning, getting to hear from Tyler, and this space in worship has felt especially joyful to me this morning. I just want to acknowledge that. But this is where we find the power that bringing our lives together is meaningful, that that's like how we serve the world, that's how we change the world. Um, boldness, right? So when the UVC team wanted to talk about boldness, the first topic that came up was gratitude, and that was surprising to me. We're going to preach on gratitude, we're going to preach on boldness, because culturally, to me, um, in the spaces that I inhabit, gratitude feels a little bit more basic than it does bold. Um, has anybody ever tweeted or like Instagram something, hashtag blessed? Okay, all right, all right. Um, what about Gratitude's I learned that one just today. Does anybody participate in that? It's on the internet. It's a thing, I guess. I don't know. Um, but it's hashtag Gratitude's Day if you'd all like to participate next week. And it's, it's an interesting phenomenon because I clicked on it and there's pictures of people with their like lattes, like hashtag Gratitude's Day. Or they're like, you know, the sun shining, hashtag Gratitude's Day. And then there was one that was just an image of the words blessed AF. <laughs> hashtag Gratitude's Day. And... I had to look that one up, but um, if, if you need somebody to explain that to you, there's probably somebody near you who can explain it uh, outside of the sanctuary. But it's interesting because it feels like we've sort of created this mode of gratitude where like, like it's so basic that it kind of doesn't mean anything. I was thinking about as a child, gratitude for me was most closely linked to obligation, like you should be grateful. Um, I, I remember after like my birthday or Christmas or something, presents were great, life was awesome, celebration was happening, and then my parents would sit me down with this massive stack of thank you notes. And it felt like it was like this big, except I had like three friends, so it was like, it was like four thank you notes, right? And they were like, you need, you need to take this moment to like be grateful to people for these gifts. Um, and as a small child, I was indignant. Right? Like, I was offended that these gifts that had been given to, like, celebrate me, um, it was a very eye-centered, I was working on this story, I'm like, man, uh, my small childhood, but I was like, th that I would have to do something behind just being like, thank you while I rip open a present. To me, it was like a barrier to my entitlement to have to ex express gratitude. And I think as an adult, I'm still feeling some of the after effects of that desensitization to gratitude. Um, the culture that I come from also places a high value on politeness. So gratitude, saying thank you, almost becomes this cliche of like, somebody will say thank you, and I'll respond by trying to downplay that, right? Be like, no problem, it's okay, there's no trouble, it's fine, it's, it's, it's no big deal. Um, 
which, which is just this really basic like gratitude that's, that's just functional and, and doesn't have a lot of joy in it. But this week we're talking about bold gratitude and genuine gratitude, and that's something that builds relationship rather than resentment. Um, if any of you have ever shared a living space with another person, or like at one point in my life I was sharing a house with 10 other people, um, you'll know that gratitude becomes like the oil in your relationships, right? Because if you're the person who does the dishes, or you're the person who takes out the trash in your community, or you're the person who, whether it's your, you know, your partner, your spouse, your roommates, some people you just met because you just moved to the city and now you're living together, but without those expressions of gratitude that say like, thank you, like I saw that you did that, or I saw that you did my chores this week in addition to yours, thank you, that meant a lot, I was having a tough week. Gratitude kind of oils things and like smooths them over, helps you flow a little bit better together. Um, because if you take out the trash for two years and nobody ever says thank you, you might be like, oh, I'm just doing my, you know, it's just what I do, I'm just doing my job, but that resentment's going to build up. Um, and gratitude invites us into a, uh, a more genuine, a more fluid relationship. So, how does this conversation around gratitude inform our relationship with God and with one another, and where do we learn this practice? As we noticed this morning, we're talking about the Psalms, and if you're new to conversations around the Bible or um, scripture, Psalms, Psalms are a prayer book from ancient Israel that has been used by Jewish people of faith, by Christian people of faith. Um, there's some words from the Psalms that have worked their way into our cultural traditions for a long time. But what I love about the Psalms is you get in there and you find the whole range of human emotion, right? You find uh, praise and joy and excitement and you also find despair and crying out to God and saying, God, where were you? Where have you been? Why did things work out this way? And so if there's ever a time where you feel intimidated by the Bible, or worn out by the Bible, or it's been used um, to silence your voice, you can open up the Psalms and find that God can handle our honesty. Because um, some of these prayers were written from the bottom of the pit, some of them were written from the top of the mountain, but they all speak to the presence of God in those spaces and into all the spaces in between. So we're gonna look at just a couple notes from this Psalm that spoke to me about how we practice gratitude, what that means about how we think about God and our relationships, and then we'll talk about some ways that we can practice that together this week. So in the beginning, the psalmist says, I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. I can meditate there for, for the rest of the service because I find in myself a temptation to compartmentalize my heart when I come into a worship space. Um, to say I, I can access this little part of me that really does feel joyous and grateful this morning, but there's also parts of me that something difficult happened this week and I don't want to talk about it. Um, there's something that I'm mad at God about. There's something that I'm struggling with in relationship to another person. And the boldness of the psalmist is that the psalmist shows up and says, I'm going to bring my entire heart to you, God, and thank you for this wild gift of being alive. Um, thank you that in in all of the places where my whole heart is present, God's whole heart is also present. And from the psalm, we learn about the character of God. Um, was there a phrase that anybody heard repeated more than once? You like? 
Okay, I'll go. Um, steadfast. Oh, Brittany, you're so good. Um, we hear a couple times in this psalm, I'm gonna give thanks for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. And it says, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. So right at the beginning of this prayer, the focus is on the character of God, to see God as God is, in God's posture of steadfast love and faithfulness, which opens our hearts, because we look at God, and if God is in God's essence, steadfast love, that's something we can trust, right? That's something we can start to open up to. That's something we can start to bring our questions and our petitions and our um, conversations and dialogues to. So the idea that the root of God's character is steadfast, enduring, present love and faithfulness is good news, amen? Yeah, like if that's, if that's what you carry out of this room today and from church every week that the heart of God's character is steadfast love, that's, that's church right there. Um, and gratitude in these spaces is, is being thankful for that love which is always present. Um, to claim that these examples of beauty and life all around us are enough, that God is giving us what we need in ways we don't even know how to think about it. Um, for me thinking about this, I was thinking about, I love sunrises, sunsets. Um, they're one of my favorite ways to be surprised by God throughout the day. And I was thinking about this week, it's like I probably see a really good sunset that I just get super pumped about maybe like once a month. And a lot of the rest of the time I spend indoors, I spend a lot of time reading, I spend time talking to people, I spend time watching Netflix. Um, but in choosing to do those other things, God doesn't stop providing the sunset, right? Like God's like, I'm here, there's love, there's beauty, there's abundance, and you can, you can choose to step into that anytime you want. Um, sunrises and sunsets are available to anybody who can get themselves close to a window, right? And so, that concept of steadfast love, we've talked about it in our starting point groups, is grace. Um, but that God is always, always present and always available and always for us. Um, and what moves us from just focusing on this abstract series of sort of basic blessings is that in this psalm we also see the expansive character and work of God. Um, we see a couple actions from God in this psalm, and they are, on the day that I called, you answered me, you increased my strength of soul. So this practice of turning our hearts towards God is bold because we're expecting an answer. And I don't mean to imply or put the burden on anybody that if you don't hear a direct verbal answer from God that you haven't prayed properly. If there's anybody who does hear that on a regular basis, please mentor me for the rest of my time here. But I do believe that God answers. Those answers may not always come on the timeline that we're thinking about. Um, they may not come in the ways that we're expecting. But the boldness of the psalmist is to say that I called and you answered and you gave me strength through that relationship, through that expression of gratitude and love and faithfulness. And then, it's my favorite thing about God, we're gonna get into it. It says, for though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly but the proud he perceives from far away. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies. That's God right there. Um, the presence of the proud 
in that sentence, to me is what happens when we stop giving thanks to God. We fall prey to this illusion that the gods of empire and consumerism are trying to deliver to us over and over again that we can make it on our own. We don't need to ask for anything. We don't need to be thankful for anything. Um, and those people in this verse are far away from God. God draws close, and what we can all be most thankful for is not this exaltation of God as far off, but for the delivering presence of God in the midst of the times when we are most lowly. Because gratitude, super bold, this is, this is the audacity to claim that God has given us something even when the whole world has conspired to take it away from us. Um, that God's love and God's presence and God's faithfulness are with us when people tell us we're not enough, when people tell us we do not belong. Um, it's, it's this empowering, like liberating moment, right? Like getting to sing this morning and just have this joyous space to give thanks is where we get to say no matter what happened this week, we get to come here and praise God for exactly who God is and for that relationship that we have. Um, it's, it's a radical claim of power that we are alive, that we have enough, and that we don't have to pretend like we're invulnerable. We don't have to take our lives for granted. And I've seen this most clearly. Gratitude breeds resilience, like a regular practice of gratitude. Brain scientists write about this if you want to Google it. Um, but regular gratitude builds this resilience that when you're giving thanks in good times, when you're giving thanks in bad times, it rewires your brain to be more resilient and more accepting and more open and able to handle what comes towards you. And I don't, um, in, in my experience, I've seen this emerge most strongly in marginalized communities. Um, makes me think of two stories, actually. The first one, I, I spent some time volunteering in Appalachian, Eastern Kentucky, and I don't want to romanticize poverty, but I do want to remind us that Jesus says, blessed are the poor, right? That there's something about being distant from uh, overabundant material possessions that enables us to see God more clearly, speak to God more clearly. And one of my first weeks there, we were working with an elderly man who there had been this huge flood that had come through his holler, his valley, his part of the mountain. He was 89 years old. He'd been living by himself for about 20 years. And when the flood came through, he was up to his knees in water. Um, there were snakes in his house. There were rats in his house. He didn't know if he was going to make it out alive or not, but he stood outside and waved his arms and a school bus driver came by uh, and found him and connected him to us. And when we were in there, we were, the whole floor had molded out because of the water, so we had to take out the whole floor, replace it. His refrigerator went out while we were there. Um, lots, of, lots of work, lots of destruction. But he would pray for us every night when we left, and we had to block out probably 45 minutes for prayer um, because this man's heart was so full of gratitude for the presence of God. He would start the prayers by talking about how he'd been like Job, how he'd experienced tragedy and trial and suffering. And then he'd, he'd say, Lord, we give you the honor, we give you the praise, we're so thankful that you're here, we're so thankful that I have floors, right? That I have a refrigerator, that I have these people to come and talk to me. And I never in my whole life 
have given thanks for the floor that I'm standing on. Um, but to him, that was the presence of God, right? Um, and and seeing, seeing gratitude emerge in marginalized communities, um, because gratitude in a lot of ways, I, I think in some religious spaces it has been used as a mechanism of power and control uh, to say you need to be thankful for what you're getting, even if it's not enough, even if you're not being seen in your wholeness, even if you're not being invited to fully participate, you need to be thankful that we're letting you in the door, right? Um, <laughs> and gratitude is not a burden on the backs of the oppressed. It's part of our power. It's the core of our relationship with God. It's what heals us. Um, brief acknowledgement. I know we have some people in the room who participated in the Reformation Project conference this weekend. <laughs> some people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's really great to have everybody in church again this morning. Hey, yep, Darius too. Darius was playing the organ last night. It was, oh, it was so good. Um, but last night we had a, a communion service at the end of this weekend. This is a conference advocating for full inclusion of LGBT people in, in the church, in Christian communities. And I got to be one of the people who was serving communion as part of that service. And I was looking in the eyes of people we had, we had some conversational moments after about people who had been denied access to the body of Christ for decades, right? Um, who had been told for so many reasons that they didn't belong, that they weren't worthy to be in the presence of Jesus. And the, the tears that were there, like that was gratitude. And the way that we sang afterwards was gratitude, right? It was this moment of like, Jesus showed up for us when we thought nobody else was gonna come. Um, and, and that's, that's the power is to say God is with me God is for me I have something to be grateful for um, that nobody else nobody else can take away from you um, and this psalm ends with, with kind of calling God on some stuff right it says do not forsake the work of your hands and to me that's holding God accountable for what God said that God's going to do um, that's that you've reflected in gratitude that you keep expecting God to show up in those ways, right? We don't just say, thank you for all the things that you've done. We're good, I'll check in with you in 10 years, let you know if anything's changed, right? You come into prayer and you say, I trust you, and in this relationship that we're building, we're gonna start making some claims on each other. Um, don't abandon us, we're so thankful for what we have that that's what inspires us to ask for more. And that asking is that bold witness that we're gonna carry with us into the rest of the week. Because silent gratitude is kind of like silent faith, which can definitely like heal us, strengthen us, empower us. Um, but if we don't express it, the main goal is to make ourselves feel warm and fuzzy. Um, so I would definitely encourage us to go home and reflect on our gratitude this week, but also to be bold in expressing it to the people around us. Um, because practicing gratitude first like in the psalm, if you practice gratitude first and then ask afterwards, it informs your trust in the person that you're asking, right? So to think about where in your relationships it's possible to say, I wanna take some time to tell you what I appreciate about you, um, about the ways that you've been present in my life for a long time, about something that, that happened this week, and that, that that changes the way that you're able to work or live or interact with that person for the rest of the week. 
So take some time to think about who's gone out of their way for you this week, right? Like who, who makes your coffee in the mornings? Um, who prepares your food? Who helps you get from one place to the other? And what can you do to nurture that relationship, to see the image of God in that person, and to boldly start moving your hearts from resentment or entitlement to gratitude for God's work, the image of God in that person and the way that it's building you up. Because we spend so much time (laughs) and energy thinking about the stuff we don't have, right? Like I'm in school, I think about it all the time. I don't have any money, I don't have a job, I don't have, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) it, it, it can come up in all different kinds of spaces, but gratitude flips our priorities over and says appreciate what you've been given, right? Like appreciate this community, appreciate that for me I had a warm place to sleep last night. Um, the ways that, that God is present to us. It's a really simple practice that came to me this week when I was eating a sandwich. It's a really profound moment. Um, but just to start with your food, because when I was growing up, we had this habit of praying before meals that was like, dear Jesus, thank you for the food, amen. And like, like it, it, was, it was like, how fast can you get through the gratitude while the food's still hot? Um, but I was looking at this sandwich this week. I was like, I, I didn't make the sandwich. I don't have a kitchen. I don't make most of my own food. I was like, I don't, I don't have a relationship with the person who prepared this to be able to thank them properly. Um, I don't know the people, uh, probably a good percentage of undocumented workers who grew this food and prepared it. I don't know a good percentage of the people who trucked it across the country so I could have a delicious sandwich today. But in thinking about that and reflecting on what a series of small miracles brought this sandwich to in front of me at just the time that I needed it, was like, oh man, this is a miracle sandwich. And then it tasted so good because you're so grateful for it. So um, to, to push your gratitude a little bit deeper beyond just like, this is what I have, and think about where it came from and how God like made a whole bunch of magic happen to get that to you. Um, and in church, we practice gratitude in a lot of different ways, right? Hearing Tyler give testimony this morning and the way we hear testimony from people every week is gratitude. Um, music through worship is, is gratitude. Bringing food, the people who bring us food um, are expressing gratitude and, and participation in the community. And, and this, what's gonna happen right here later on you bring some gratitude into the way that you think about this table and it's gonna blow your mind. I'm gonna let Brittany like give the whole speech, but it, this is the reason I come to church every week. Um, so I would encourage us to look around the church even, think about the people who are doing things for us that we might not have noticed and, and give purposeful thanks. Um, give purposeful thanks to the people who make sure that the lights get turned on and the sound is working every week. Give purposeful thanks to the musicians who put a lot of time and effort into practicing for us. Give thanks to the people who maintain this building throughout the week. Uh, we, don't, we don't do any of the custodial work or anything around here. Um, give thanks to the people who are leading and serving in different ways. Um, but but do, some, do something kind of bold and thank somebody for being a part of what's made UBC welcoming to you. Um, in your time here. So this, this bold claiming of gratitude as our practice empowers us to live in generosity, to live in abundance. And as we're praying together this week, once, once we've gone out and done all these bold acts of gratitude, 
I'd encourage us to come back to the Lord's Prayer at the end of the day um, and to reflect on the ways that we've received our daily bread, um, the ways that we've been delivered from evil, the ways that we've seen the presence of the kingdom of God, and to give thanks um, in a practice of gratitude that can ground us, sustain us, connect us to God, and connect us to each other. Amen? Amen. All right.